1: David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton,
3: it is Wednesday, November 10th, 2021, season 17, episode number 58. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Today we turn the page, we start looking forward, we move away from Denver and head toward Atlanta. Cowboys face the Atlanta Falcons this Sunday. At noon at AT&T Stadium, it's our job to get you guys ready, and that's exactly what we will do on today's show. Let's uh, let's start first with some news that broke yesterday. Kicker Greg Zerline added to the COVID list. Um, let's start first with how big of a deal is this for Dallas, because I, I get the impression, well, I'm going to tell you my thoughts on, on Zerline. I think he's a good kicker. I don't think he's an elite kicker. and But on the flip side of that, I think he's pretty money when it comes to money kicks, when it comes down to end game kicks, he tends to make them work. So, how big of a deal is this for them if they can't get him to play on Sunday? Hopefully, it's not a big
4: deal at all. Hopefully, it just means they won't kick. Hope just just go for it every time. Just go for it. Can all you name
0: the time. two elite kickers? One, I can name one. Right, I mean Tucker. Two,
4: yeah. uh, young is there another one,
3: Young Waku in Atlanta it's pretty is pretty damn good. But yeah, yeah. He is doing well. As a matter of fact, we will see him this Sunday. Yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, him, I, I bet there's another one if I thought hard is enough. Is Butker? Oh, is yeah. Harrison Butker yeah. in
0: Kansas City. Yeah. yeah. He's good. There's probably three. I just, uh, I mean, I think he's been pretty good, uh-huh. Zerline, and I think most kickers are pretty good. You know, last time we saw Tucker, he missed. I don't know if he's missed since, but I know he missed against the Cowboys. <laughs> he doesn't miss often. <laughs> he doesn't. And he can make it from, what, Focus. 66? Yeah. Wherever. Yeah. So, you pretty much put the, up put the yeah. ball down. Put the ball down. But right. I, I, my point is that I mean, I I think I think Zerline's been pretty good, based off of you know just what most kickers are around the league. You
5: know, well, when the, I was gonna say when the news came out and I was looking around Twitter and seeing like what fans were saying. You know, the amount of comment of people just being really excited that this happened because it gives the Cowboys an opportunity to bring another kicker in try him out, hopefully be better than Sterling. But I, but then, and although I agree to a certain level or extent, I'm like, to you guys' point, who is better out there? And if whatever other kicker you bring, he's not going to be that far no. better than, than what Sterling has been. So it's like, yeah, it's not great that sometimes he misses, but at the same time, it's like, okay, what... What else? What? what are, what's the other option? You we
4: uh, we as a fan base are spoiled by having a guy that was a Justin Tucker for a decade, yeah. and they had Dan Bailey. He was automatic for eight years, um, and and it goes back to you know you you you're harsh on Dak because you see every throw that he makes, and and you don't follow every quarterback that closely. You're probably only seeing. Other kickers, if they're not playing your team, it's when Fox cuts in to show you their game winner and you're like, damn, that was a good kick. Right. And you're not seeing the miss from 42 that he had earlier in the game. And it's subjective. Um I think the the thing and I think you've said this, Derek, the thing that concerns me is he does have a penchant for the dramatic kick. Um like he hit game winner against Atlanta last year, had a fifty-five yard game winner this year. Mm-hmm his uh the go-ahead against tampa that ultimately didn't uh win him the game was from 48 Mm -hmm. so he's he's reliable in those clutch situations from what we've seen um you'd like to think that it won't come down to that against atlanta this week but you never know so uh that that worries me um but he's 78 percent on the year which is
3: not a good percentage at all so I think I said uh, last week it was like I think he's twenty first. I want to say yeah. in the league in, in kicking percentage. I'd rather not have to think about
4: this, but I don't think it's such a dramatic drop off that I'm worried about it. I, and I, I'm I said it tongue in cheek, but I'm serious. Like fourth and three and in, unless it's just an a, and unless it's a pressure situation where you need the points because it's late in the game or whatever, I just go for it. Just yeah. take it off your kicker's shoulders.
0: There's been they how haven't. That, how'd that work last week? <laughs> that's <laughs> fine. It, it's, I know it's not that, always that's work. what's it's frustrating not. about it is that it because a lot of people, especially on the second one, was like just
3: make just get the field goal. But how have they been this year when when it comes to fourth downs? Because I, I I don't know it to me, and I don't know the stat. Oh. I don't know the stats, but it feels like they're not a great fourth down team. They're they're not really. Yeah, I still don't care. Go and I, I do think that at some point the reason why I think statistically. Everyone always talks about, hey, it's always good to go forward on fourth downs because there was a time in the NFL when basically you could get a fourth down just like this, especially if it's fourth and short. You just do a quarterback sneak. Now, teams, that isn't as easy as it once was. And, and I'm yeah. starting to wonder if the stats aren't, the data isn't starting to say and hey, maybe it's not a good idea to go forward on fourth down as frequently as maybe it was years ago.
0: I'll I i I'll take it. This offensive line isn't as good as it was a few years ago. It's not. It's not very – I mean, Connor Williams is kind of just an average guard. I think Biotis is not an average center right now. Mm-hmm. You know, their left tackle, yes, uh, last week was not very good in the game. You know, Lyle's working his way back in, and Zach Martin's probably the best guard in football, but it's hard to – You know that the line is just not something you could count on like you used to. So fourth and inches, fourth and one, fourth and two. You know it's that's something that they're having to deal with right now.
4: Well, and you don't have to crowd people into the box and telegraph what you're going to do. I mean, they didn't get it. The call to Cedric Wilson was perfect. It was. It was perfect. He might have scored. Throw a better ball. And don't let the fact that it didn't work scare you in the future because I'll take Dak completing that pass ninety nine times out of a hundred. Yeah. Just
0: is I mean that's what makes football so that's, great is you get one shot yeah. at these things. And he normally makes that throw. That's yep. but the but the fourth I mean, but but the fourth and ones and stuff like that, we saw it in New England, we saw it in the goal line in New England, we saw it in that whole game. You know, they're just not pushing people back. And that's just plain and simple. They're just not doing that. So, you know, they they're gonna have they can't just run up and say I'm better than you, and we're gonna just get this yard because it's not always working.
4: All right, they're 27th and fourth down conversion percentage, which is rough. Eeh. That's not. Yeah. They're six and two. I mean, it hasn't gotten in their way too much. I'm, and, yeah. and and again, you're in a situation where if you're well, it depends on who wins this tryout. You, our buddy Brett Maher is one of these guys. You you read that right? Yeah. Um, but and Harrellito. Liram Hirelahu. It ain't that far. <laughs> Thank you. Um,
3: close. That oh, was close. Right? But
4: I'm, I'll I'll take I'll take Dak Prescott converting a fourth down over putting a guy who's never kicked an NFL kick in, in into too much of a pressure situation. Yeah. Like I said, if it's if that's the sensible call, then do it. But if it's close, I'd rather put faith in my offense. Yeah.
5: And I guess this goes back to the O line conversation. And how they've been this year, because a lot of the times when they're trying to run the ball in situations like that, and I'm not—I I feel like I wasn't as used to seeing this as like early on when he first got here. But with Zeke, for example, sometimes it's like he bounces off, like he hits a wall and just like bounces back. So there's not that kind of power that he's used to having. Some comes from the O line, but some, I guess. From himself too, he's lacking, a, and he, and I love what he's doing. I don't think he's having a bad year or anything. I think he's doing a good job, especially opposed to last year. But still, there's like a tiny, tiny bit of lack of that extra, mm, that extra power that he he's used to showing us earlier on when he first got here.
3: Alright, real quick before we take our first break uh, Give me an update on who's practicing today uh, The injury list uh, Just the guys that are going to be in and out uh, That we, that we I guess, need to keep
4: an eye on this week Tyron Smith is not going to practice He will be in the rehab group So he'll be out on the field doing things He just won't be taking reps It's a step in the right direction It's probably not as good as you would have wanted to hear today We'll see how it goes uh, Zeke, Zach Martin, are gonna they're taking vet days they'll be involved but they're not gonna get the full workload. I think there was one more guy in that group. Amari?
3: Maybe. Um, Amari in that group?
4: Uh yes, thank you. Amari Cooper is also in that group. So those three they're fine but they'll be limited today. That's
0: Gallup is the full go guy. Yeah,
4: Gallup will be CD, a full. Participant CD will be full
3: today, as far as I'm aware. I just, I really, am. that's my own concern. I really want this receiver group back out there practicing because I think that was a part of it last week. I think Dak needs the work. I think the receivers need the work. And I think they all need to work together in order to get that timing back right because it, it certainly was not right last week. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. He will talk to us about this Atlanta offense facing off against the Dallas defense. We'll do that when we come right back. This is dallascowboys.com radio.
1: Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting Cowboys, and Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of
4: Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going bank of america is proud to be the official bank of the dallas cowboys and to support the quest of living life the cowboys way copyright 2020 bank of america
3: corporation want to use what the pros use how about the official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys
0: Rowdy's holiday deliveries are now available. Spread joy this holiday season with surprise and exclusive gifts from your favorite mascot. Book your holiday delivery today at DallasCowboys.com/slash Rowdy.
3: Welcome back to the second segment of the Break Laughing in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Why are you smiling over there? I don't know. I can't Did that read... just bring you joy. I just like...
0: can't read that right in without laughing. Or smiling. Exclusive gifts from your favorite mascot. I just see like. He's opened the door. You know, it's not David. He's Baker. not going to say anything. It's not. It's not the Hall of Fame guy. He just opened the door. You're like, who's at the door? that's Rowdy with this little box of food and or saying nothing. Sna- yeah, just looking at you with a smile. You know what? He might say something, which can be weird too. Yeah.
3: All right. Here, here's what we got to do. We uh, we're, we're joined right now by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. Uh, as as usual, bringing in Bucky to talk a little bit about the opposing offense on Wednesday. Uh, Bucky, let's start first with the fact that this is an offense in in Atlanta. That uh, that has changed, I think, a lot over the last several years. Uh, losing some of the mainstay players, uh, what do you think this offense does best? Where, when are they at their best? I don't know oh, if sorry. we got him. Just lost Bucky. All right, oh. well, we'll go ahead and uh, talk about this it a means little bit. Nothing before we get him back. What, huh? Maybe he was
0: trying to answer.
3: It's nothing. Maybe. They don't do anything Maybe. well? No,
0: I'm sure they, they did something to beat the Saints. Mm, they're, they've won they've three won. out of the last What does four. that say
3: about the Saints?
0: I, again, I don't know anything. We
5: are not acting like we did last week.
0: Tell them, Amber.
5: We are not. We're taking
0: no
4: one for granted.
5: <laughs> we are not. <laughs>
0: no. I mean, I'm, yeah, they're, they're doing something right. Yeah. They're, you know... Gonna get their ass kicked. I mean, I can tell you that, but but they're doing something right. Wow, Why can you tell us it? that? They just will because they just will. Oh. i no I don't know. Okay. I'll put it down. Thirty one to ten. I'll just put my score Jeez. In right now. All right. <laughs>
3: okay, it's Wednesday. Cool. Give Sorry. us some time to get through this cool. thing. I All might right.
0: give them a field goal later in the We break. got
3: we got Bucky Brooks joining us now. Bucky, I was asking about this this offense that I think has changed quite a bit over the last couple years. Tell me what this offense does best. When are they at their best? Yeah.
2: Uh, give it to Maddie Ice and let Mighty Ice go to work. I think when you look at this Falcons team and, and what they have, they have really good skill players. And so you have Cordero Patterson, who is doing a little bit of everything. You have Maddie Ice, who's throwing the ball to anyone who's open. And then you have Kyle Pitts, who is a bit of a unicorn on the perimeter. And so it's a very interesting matchup. It's one that it doesn't look like they have a lot of names, but, man, they're playing really well. And Arthur Smith is figuring out how to use all the pieces that he has around him.
0: Is is Patterson, like, I, I mean, I know Hester's probably going to go in the Hall of Fame. Hopefully. Is, is Patterson, like, at that level of, like, as a returner, dynamic player? I know he's doing great on offense, but, I mean, he seems like he's one of the most feared kick returners ever.
2: I mean, he, he is definitely one of the best to have ever played the game. I don't know if he's gold jacket worthy, but he's a difference maker. I think when you think about a guy who's been – a multiple time all pro returner, someone who can take it the distance. Um, anytime he touches it, you certainly have to be uh, aware of him. I think the thing that he's done the last couple of years, though, is reinvent himself mm-hmm. as a multi purpose dynamic player. Uh, his ability to do it as a runner, a receiver, a returner has really allowed creative minds to do some things with him. And then he's put it all together down in atlanta because arthur smith certainly understands how to utilize him in a way to create and take advantage of mismatches so i don't know if he's a hall of fame player but he's definitely a dangerous player Mm -hmm. to watch
4: i want to get into that a little bit more bucky because he's he's probably he's going to set a career high for receiving this week he only needs 11 yards He's at, a, I mean, he's he's at 500 yards at the halfway point. He's never had that good of a season as a receiver. Arthur Smith gets a lot of credit for being really creative. The offense that he had in Tennessee is 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 it that where is, is he just making it easy for him, or is it more him developing as a route runner? Because we just as dynamic as he is as an athlete, we just haven't seen this level of production from him really ever.
2: I think Arthur Smith is the first coach who understood how to tap into all the things that Cordero Patterson brought to the table. If you go all the way back to when he was a player at Tennessee, he played the game in a way that is very similar to the way he's been utilized with the Falcons. He was a mix of a runner, a receiver, a returner, and at the University of Tennessee, he was terrific in the one season or two seasons that he was there. Arthur Smith has been able to find a way to take all of those skills and to put him in a game plan where he doesn't go these long stretches without touching the ball and so when you're able to get him matched up on linebackers advantage goes to Kadero Patterson and they're putting in sets and formations where you're forced to put a linebacker on a or a safety on him and he's tearing them up and so it's a combination of Kadero Patterson continue to evolve but really it's about the play call and play designer putting him in spots where he can do the things that he does well.
5: Bucky with. Trevon Diggs getting a lot of criticism this past week. What are some of the things that they can do with him against an offense like this to kind of get him back on track and on course?
2: Well, I mean, one, you got to let him know that he's going to be a target. Um, as much as he's taking the ball away, he's also given up some plays. And so teams are going to test him early and often to see if they can catch him with his hand in the cookie jar. And so he just has to be disciplined enough to know when to pick and choose, when to gamble. But right now, he is a target because he has given up so many big plays. And the first thing that you do as an offensive coordinator is you try and find, I don't want to call him Waldo, but you try and find the guy who is gullible enough to double move and to get on trick plays. Right now, Diggs has put enough stuff on tape that people are going at him. He just needs to be solid. Solid in his technique, solid in his fundamentals, and just play the game the right way.
3: You would think in a week like this, uh, Trayvon Diggs would be matching up quite a quite a bit with Calvin Ridley. But as we know, Calvin Ridley is is out at this point. He's out uh, taking a break from football, as he calls it. Um, how much has the loss of Calvin, Calvin really hurt this offense? And who is stepping into his role at this point for them?
2: Well, I mean, it certainly hurts him because he's a guy that was a Pro Bowl caliber player. Uh, he was the number one receiver a season ago, and that's when Julio Jones was on the field. You lose him, now you kind of have to spread the wealth. Uh, Originally, Cal Pitts was the biggest beneficiary of Calvin Ridley being gone. Two weeks back-to-back, he went over 100 yards. Well, last week it was a little slower. And so now they're kind of doing it by committee. Christian Blake, Russell Gage, a little bit of anybody and everybody touching the ball because Manny Ice is just throwing it to the open receiver. And so the challenge for the Cowboys is you don't really know who is going to be the guy? Because Matt Ryan has enough trust in his guys that he's just throwing it to the open man. That makes it very, very difficult on the defense.
0: Who, who are their running backs? Because um, last week, Patterson. you know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Last, <laughs> last week, we didn't even know who Denver's running backs were. You know, that they weren't like household names. But, yeah, they just, you know, ran through the Cowboys defense time and time again. Do they have those type of backs that can, that can hurt them that way?
2: Well, I mean, everybody in the league has backs that can can hurt you if you're not focused. I think the Cowboys' problem last week was more of handling success as opposed to what the talent on the other side did. This week, you're talking about Mike Davis. You're talking about Cordell Patterson. Wayne Gallman may get in. Uh, I wouldn't say that any of those guys are A-level running backs, but they do just enough to make them dangerous. Mike Davis is a big physical back. If you let him get going, he's certainly been able to put up 100 yard games in this league I think this is a game where if you're Dan Quinn you stand in front of the room and say look it's less about them it's more about us let's make sure we're detailed on the gap fits we're playing with the right effort and energy and let's play the right way it's not necessarily about who we're facing on the other side it's about playing the right way this week
4: seems to me like Arthur Smith kind of got famous for leaning on 12 personnel when he was with the Titans. Doesn't seem like Hayden Hurst is having this amazing year for Atlanta, but is, is that something that they do? Do they lean on 12 personnel? I see they run it like 30, 35% of the time. Um, and is especially with Calvin Ridley not playing, is that something that we should be looking for uh, from their game plan? We
2: well, you know the good thing about Arthur Smith is he just kind of takes the talent that you have and try and figure out the best way to use it. The way that he played at Tennessee is not quite the same way that he is at Atlanta. Maybe it's because the quarterback is better. Maybe the quarterback does different things. They still will mix in some 12, but they're really kind of all over the place in terms of their personnel groupings. They're going to put players on the field and see what gives the defense the biggest challenge, and then they're going to sit in that. So early in the game, he's going to spin the wheel, give you a bunch of different looks, and then whatever is looking like it's working the best, he's going to stay in that package.
5: But, yeah, I wanted to ask you, we've seen and we've talked about it this season with the Cowboys defense, how they've struggled in allowing big plays. I haven't watched a lot of film from this team, but is this a team that has been putting out, despite their losses here and there, is this a team that has been putting out big plays on tape?
2: Well, last game they had four plays of 30 yards or more. So if they can dial it up, they will dial it up. And they have a handful of players that can get it done and can get over the top. Uh, Matty Ice likes to play uh, a ball control possession game where it's short and intermediate. But, man, if you give him the lottery ticket, he's going to cash it in. And so for the Cowboys, it literally is about being sound in the technique. I think this is a great get-right week in terms of hey, maybe simplify the package even more, clean up the mistakes, try and make it where they're just playing without thinking, and see if they can get back on track. But, no, they can't let the ball fly over their head because – The Atlanta Falcons are sitting in a situation where they feel like they may be able to get into the playoffs. And so they're going to bring the effort and energy. The Cowboys got to match it. And they can't let them have success early because then you're dealing with a 60-minute affair.
3: All right, Buck, that's good stuff, man. We'll uh, catch back up with you tomorrow, talk a little bit about this Atlanta defense versus the Cowboys offense. We're going to take our final break. uh, And after that, we'll come back. Cowboys uh, defense will be our topic. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
1: Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Celebrate 60
0: years of America's sweethearts as we take you through the glitz and glamour of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. The official 2021 cheerleaders edition of Star Magazine is a complete history of the team. Visit dallascowboys.com slash star to get yours today.
3: Welcome back. Final segment of The Break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, give me a 58. Um, Scott Shanley. Wow, you pulled that one out. Linebacker ended up with the Saints. Did he mm-hmm. go to the Super Bowl with them? Hell, Hell yeah. yeah so he was a good player for them. Yeah. He, was, yeah, he was a good player for them. The Oreo defense. Yeah. Okay. That's well,
4: where th- are you going with it. That? No, that's what they called it. It was because oh, okay. they had Scott Shanley, Scott Fujita, and... Yeah. Uh, Another white guy. They all played linebacker and they were the only white guys on the defense. Like so you said, basically
3: secondary. Yeah. Defensive line. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding.
4: They called it the Oreo defense. We really? called it that for years in New Orleans. Ah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, right. sorry.
3: Got it.
0: You cool. learned something. I mean, the, the real oh. answer is a guy named Mike Hegman. He played like 13, 14 seasons. Was he good? Yeah, he was a good player. He scored okay. a touchdown in the Super Bowl okay. 70s. Which Super Bowl? 80s. Oh, okay. Super Bowl 13. Okay. He what stripped, happened on the play? He stripped the ball from Terry Bradshaw and returned yeah. it for maybe forty-one yards for a touchdown early in that game. But they ended up losing thirty-five to thirty-one in the Orange Bowl over there because Jackie Smith dropped the pass. He probably was the sickest man in America, and they lost.
3: The brilliance of a 41. man, Nicky, my boy. <laughs> well, I, I, I
0: knew that. I didn't know about
4: the. Well, he laid turn, out the whole. Scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was That's great. That's what
3: I love about this guy. Bro. That was great. <laughs> Who else does that? <laughs>
4: Vern, I'm not. Vern Lundquist. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing, Brad Sham. I'm yeah. guessing
3: you weren't doing that in math class, but if you were, you would have been oh like. Oh my God. My, my grades were so terrible. <laughs> but if they would have had a sports class, right. you'd have killed it. Oh. Dallas Cowboys 100%. sports, like you would have killed it. 100%. Nick and I aren't
0: similar. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just saying, my mom has famously said to me on a bad report card. You can't just work for Dallas Cowboys. That is not a job. You have to study and get your books right.
3: And here we all are working for Take Dallas that,
4: Cowboys. Take that, face. Follow your dreams, kids. <laughs> no, Nick and I aren't all that similar like yeah. across the board, but we have that. In, like I might not know what day of the week it is, but I can tell you the score of Super Bowl whatever. And right. I, 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 yeah. mean, I don't love that about myself, but the greatness, know, here we are. You know? We have a lot in common. We'll be watching the same football game this week. In slightly different rooting well, interests. <laughs>
3: What's, what football game the is
4: that? pigs are playing the Tigers pigs? on Saturday night? Really? Red yeah. oh,
3: Red versus That'll be fun.
0: Golden The
4: battle for the is golden this a boot. Bet? No, is that what do, Ooh, y'all do? Oh, should it be? Huh.
3: For, for I feel yes. like this is a yes. break.
4: I'm not trying to yes. talk trash. This is probably this is the first time in a while where Arkansas and LSU are kind of like on a level yeah, playing field where we both think go. we've got a chance to win. The Here's
0: game. the problem <laughs> with the T-shirt bet, okay? Because we'll probably <laughs> lose. One of us is five six.
4: Because I have to wear six, Dave's. I
3: have to. His That's what makes t-shirt. even better. Not cool. Honestly, not cool. Either Dave's gonna walk in here like like he's wearing his dad's shirt, or you're gonna walk in here like you your wearing shirt I'm about to Hulk Hogan your. No, i bring you. I think this will be
4: awesome. I got. I got an article. I Can got Can I something. get Danny
0: McCray's? Show. No, yeah, this is go. perfect. Let's do that. Actually, uh, I'll Let's bring you. <laughs> I'll, Broaddus- bring, I'll
4: bring you Brian's Sugar Bowl jersey. All
0: right. If LSU go. beats Arkansas, I will wear. I will wear. Okay, this is a good one. Yeah. I will wear the broadest jersey that says fifty-five. Okay. If Arkansas wins, Uh-oh.
4: what do I have to do? You have I to. Don't wear do jersey, put the d- oh, Okay.
0: And it's a number nine. Jones jersey.
4: You have a John Stephen Jones jersey. No,
0: it's a Matt Jones jersey. Oh, but right okay. now it's a. He nine does jersey. wear nine, right? So you're yeah. going to be hey, supporting the family. Quarantine? I'll do it. Oh, the no, I don't wear. I, don't have I was going to say no.
4: I'll wear I'll, wear. I'll yeah, wear anything yeah. before I put a pig snout on my face so or something like of, kind of that. That way. actually funny. would be funny. I'm kind <laughs> of the same way. I don't want to do that. All right, we got a bet here. Broadus jersey versus
0: the nine jersey. I
4: like it.
5: Face paint. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of face paint.
0: Okay. Whoa! Nah,
4: oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, let's no, take it up one no, more notch. No, one more notch. The guy no. whose team got run out of aims is <laughs> just right. over here. <laughs> stirring exactly. It up. I got yeah.
3: nothing else to root it for right now but just craziness. Okay. So yeah, let's All do right. it. I'm in. All, All right. right. All let's uh fan. let's get back to Dallas defense talk. Um, here's a big question for you guys. At this point, after what we saw in Minnesota, I'll speak for myself. I thought this defense was turning the corner from being a byproduct of a high scoring offense to being a defense that really could win games for this team. I'm not sure what I think after Denver. Where do you land with this defense after watching both those games?
0: You got to have help. To be a good defense, you got to have some help. The offense wasn't giving them any help there. So to just keep, you know, never scoring, never really putting pressure on the defense to go out like, or to put pressure on the Broncos, like, okay, we got to score right now. I mean, they never
3: really did that. So, I, well, what was the difference though? Cuz they did against Minnesota and you would think Minnesota is a better offense than Denver, right?
0: No, but I mean, my point is that at least even in Minnesota the offense was kind of helping them a little bit. They I were scoring scored 3
3: points in the first half.
0: Well, then they scored one coming out of the second half. I mean, like it, that that game was completely different. It was a different type of game, but at least they, they got some points there. But I, I don't know. They, they didn't tackle. They just chose not to tackle this game. Mm. That's what it was. They just said, ah, we don't need to tackle.
4: Definitely agree with that. That is the the number. I I, I think I'd already talked about this. Like, they've never – they have not been great against the run all year. But they have, got, they have rallied to the ball and gotten guys down. And you give up a 12-yard play. You live to fight another play. You force the punt on the next series. Like, that last week, they just – they, it just looked like they forgot how to do some of the basic stuff. I, w- I will say, sometimes I think we get into this echo chamber where like it's only about what the Cowboys do. I think the Vikings helped them a lot in that mm. game. Like The way they called that game, Kirk Cousins is notorious for being inconsistent. They did some stupid stuff where they... And, and i mean the cowboys get credit too but like they're the the plays they're calling they're not helping themselves i felt that way in the whole second half like man they kind of they forgot these receivers play on this team like what's going on mm-hmm. um so i think that's part of it too um I don't. I don't feel a ton different. Like I refuse to take the bait that this is an elite defense. I argue with Danny McCray about this like every week. He's like, "We're going to be top ten by the end of the year." I'm like, I really don't think that's true, Danny. But right now they still are though, right? I don't I know, know. They were as of last week. They're. I mean, they are much. They're much closer than I would have ever given them credit for. I. They're better than I expect them to be. I still. Just don't think that this defense is ever going to be the calling card of this team, especially when they're not getting takeaways. But even more so, to Nick's point, if they're not tackling. I mean, that's if I could fix anything, it's that. And just in general, like the way that it always felt like every other game, there's like two or three, preferably even four hats around the ball, just didn't feel that way Mm -hmm. on Sunday. And that's the big thing for me. Where are you, Amber?
5: I absolutely hate this term. Oh, I hate that I'm going to say it, but to me, they it, it is what it is. It's that whole bend, don't break type mm-hmm. of defense. To me, that's what they've been. They've improved a whole lot compared to last year, but they haven't been impressive, you know? Like, they've made impressive plays. But overall, I just take last week's loss as something that, okay, let's just leave it behind. Let's see what they do this week. Why? Because it wasn't just like in this area. It wasn't just like, oh, the secondary, the linebacker. It was like all across the board, all over the field, offense, defense. So I'm just, yeah, they need to improve the tackling. But at the same time, I'm not like, okay, this is going down the drain or anything. I just want to give them another week, see how they react. I really do like Dan Quinn a lot, and I think that... Based on what I've heard him say and the way he speaks, he's gonna turn it up several notches this week in practice and really put them to, to work. Fix. Yeah, yeah. So I I want to really see how they come out this week and and the kinds of things that Dan Quinn does with them and bring the fire back.
3: As I went back and and watched this game, Nick, I was mentioning this to you, the, you this morning. As I went back and watched this game, I know yesterday I said on the show I don't really think anybody could have had a good game after the way they they the outcome was of this game but there was one guy that stood out when i watched the game back that i'm really really impressed with also digizua had he didn't just flash like there were plays when he didn't actually make the play and he still destroyed his guy like it, he just had i the more i watch him the more i really really like him my question for you guys is is he the best interior defensive lineman that they have on this team at this point
4: mm good question because you lean toward Neville Gallimore hasn't played this year. Uh only played 8 games last year. Uh, I I'm, I'm still not ready to say Was that. Was Neville he's, ever this disruptive? No, that's a good point. I mean, he's second in the league among rookies in uh pressures. Mm-hmm. That's they couldn't do anything with him the first few series. I feel like it kind of got away once Denver had the lead and you you're not rushing the passer as much, but
0: second in the league
4: among among rookie. Tackles, rookie? No, pressures. Just pressures. Any play. among rookies because Mike leads the league. So the the Cowboys have the top two rookies in in the league. Two of the top four play for the Cowboys. Yes, uh, huh. Owe in Baltimore, and uh, I can't remember the other one right now. But two of the top four. Yeah,
0: I mean pressure. You're not. You know that's that's a defensive end. That's not even a linebacker so to have a linebacker in a, in a he he a right yeah that's he is point. consistently
4: disruptive all yeah. year long he has been and that's i definitely think he deserves mention that's that's a really good question because like now i'm thinking maybe not even neville but then you think about a guy like brent urban who mm-hmm. does not rush the passer at all that's not his thing but he's fantastic against the run hasn't been as good this year as he was last year but just different skill sets
0: um Bears fans will tell you he's not playing the position that they they that he played in Chicago. Like he was more of a defensive end. Mm-hmm. You know, in and, and that you know, in a three four scheme, defensive end. This is a little bit different where he's playing closer to the ball. He's been okay, but yeah, not no, he he's hasn't, got three tackles this year, but it's hard to just say, Well, that's yeah. the stat.
4: He hasn't been great. I'm just kinda thinking it's it's hard for me to say a guy who's played. 8 career games is the best interior lineman on your team.
3: Well, we say Mike is the best linebacker, so yeah. right? He's 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 That's having
5: a little different with the position. He's... I mean, yeah, because one guy for because of the nature of the position is going to stand out a lot more than the other. Yeah,
4: and and you're rotating a lot
0: more as a defensive
4: tackle as well. I think he's having the best season of any interior lineman mm-hmm. on this team. That's not even yeah. up for debate.
0: I wonder if I I mean, I wonder if George Edwards, the veteran coach, who coaches the linebackers, um, wonder what he would say has been the best linebacker this year. Mm-hmm. Like, like, is, is Leighton Van Resch playing, you know, good football? Is he playing better than, than Micah? Micah got, got has more stats, and he's doing a lot more things, but, you know. Because, see, I think Micah, he's, he's got, what, five sacks? I, I would guess four of the five, Have been from the linebacker position. Can you? I mean, I know that he rushed a lot, but I only think that one sack against the Chargers where he just exploded, and even that one, I still don't even think that was a real sack, but they gave it to him. But that's the only one I can remember. I could be wrong. That's the
3: one that stands out to me. You're saying where of... literally he's just lining up at defensive end and yeah. he's just rushing and gets a sack. I, I think. think
0: most of his sacks have been from this, like, you know, different spots. On Put the, him wherever.
3: Yeah. You line him up wherever, right? Yeah. I want to say maybe I,
4: – I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I want to say maybe he did it against uh, Philly, but for the most part, it's been pursuit plays as a linebacker. I
0: think Layton's playing pretty well, but I not – not, No. He was an all-pro as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, he, came, he came in. He was – Howling at the moon every single play. now. How about them Cowboys? How about some Cowboys?
4: He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't look as explosive as he used to, to me. Who? Layton. Layton. There was a play. He made the play, so I'm not trying to trash talk him, but yep. there was a play out in the flat this past week where he knifed out into the flat, guy had the ball, and the back or the receiver cut it back in, and Leighton kind of dove back. It looked like it was going to be a broken arm tackle, but he did enough to trip him up, and so he that. he made the tackle. But in my head, I was like, two or three years ago, he would have just knifed in and destroyed that guy. He would have, it yeah. wouldn't have even been a doubt that he was going to get him down. And it felt lucky that he pulled it off in this particular instance. You, I'm just happy he's playing through the season without see, an injury.
0: That's what I was that about too? to say. Do you think he's playing? Slower than usual, or maybe not 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 slower, but like you know, not as quick to the ball because he has been injured, or because he has been healthy. And, I don't know and if when it's you're it's healthy, either one. you're kind of. Yeah, honestly, don't no, I mean? Like you're maybe not,
4: you don't want to play as recklessly because you're trying to preserve yourself. I don't know if it's either one it's
0: a contract year for him. Layton
4: doesn't he doesn't strike me as that kind of guy, though. like yeah. he's so intense. If he heard that,
0: he'd probably come in.
4: And he just, would be pissed. Yeah. yeah..
0: He is pissed at every time I ask a question. Every time I ask him a question, Chris, about the Chris, kind of Chris you're asking it might be, <laughs> it might be, and I and I interview a lot of guys, especially yep. after the game. For some reason, I don't know what it is. Layton Leighton is not happy with any of the questions I ask. It could Maybe it's just you. It could be. Yeah. I
4: think even it's. I I, I just think that's his <laughs> demeanor, and you think you think about where his career has gone. Like he got about as high as you can, and that's we talked a lot about his conversation with Micah at the Hall of Fame game that Hard Knocks picked up. He was, I think he was kind of chuckling at Micah. He was like, Buddy, I've been there where you're yeah. the talk of the town right away, and you just just be prepared. And Micah hasn't had that downturn yet. Maybe he never will, but the ebbs and flows of playing in this league come, and I just think Layton realizes that. And I, I, I doubt he's unhappy with your questions yeah. so much as like. He does not like the media. It, no,
3: yeah, he doesn't and like I us. Does, does, I think does. that happens. I think as you go to that top, and then you just get just kind of destroyed after that, I think it hardens, guys. Yeah, It's one of the reasons why yesterday we ran into into Sean Lee in the hall and we're talking to him. And it's one of the reasons why I like Sean so much is because he could have gotten very hardened because obviously there was always the talk of, oh, he's injury prone, he's injury prone. Sean was just like, look, yeah, I've, I've had injuries. Like, I don't know, like, I, I'm trying not to, but I've got Even Sean, though, it,
4: when Sean was in the thick of it, he, he was never like a jerk, but... You had your own back and forth with him in that regard. Like, we always used to joke, Sean only wanted to talk on Friday, and only after he was done with everything he had to do. So he'd come in, like, 30 seconds before the locker room closed. And, oh, shucks,
3: guys, I just missed you for the 10th week in a row. By the way, that is just kind of like, I'm going to game them the same way they game me. But he wasn't a butthole about it. No, he was never a jerk. He was still, like, he would still have yeah. the conversation with, him, especially if it was off the record and in he his, caught him you could have a conversation with him. in his final
0: speech in his final like you know when, when he made his, his quote at the end of the season or in, when he retired you know he had gave his statement I mean he even had some jokes in there he was yeah. just like and of course the training staff I mean I was yeah. you know right. the, my best friends because I was there all the
3: time Yeah, I mean he could have gotten he could have been one of those guys that was really really he's mad a, with uh, the media and I don't think that was the case can we tell why he's here sure why not I, I don't know I I assume we just I, the,
0: just to visit this it, some people I guess I don't know uh, I guess <laughs> it's <don't know. laughs> a good question. <laughs> right. well, he know, came to see the Broncos game. Yeah, <laughs> former former player just kind of in the building. Yeah. yeah, he was on he was on the show the other day. He was on one of those other shows. Yeah, what was that hanging not uh,
3: players yeah. lounge players lounge. He's Why good friends with
0: Barry Church.
3: Well, we we did kind of mention that he's like on a Tuesday, hey, man. You know, you go do that, that, that show and don't come do our show. <laughs> Amber would really like you to come yep. do this show. <laughs> he's like, yep.
5: <laughs> if I see him, I'm definitely asking for a photo. Okay, I never it done is. this. Hey, right. Back,
3: back to Layton real quick. I laughed because Layton
4: was with us this week. He came out and talked away from you and like in the more group setting. I'm not gonna go as far as this. He was. He's still. He's always gonna be kind of gruff and intense, but like, he was very thoughtful. You have and to be that way if you're gonna like hunt a wolf true right? <laughs> you're right that's a good point but like he, have to, okay he was almost kinda like necessary he be. was as eager to talk as i've ever seen him which isn't to say that he was e- but and then you know he gave a lot of quotes about i think we needed this i think this can be good in the long run yeah. and i was i was kind of uh, surprised because when I heard he was on our list you do this stuff mentally where you're like oh boy here we go Leighton Van Der Esch after a loss this will be fun but I was pleasantly surprised by how engaging he I, was. I
0: do that when I, when I get the list of who I'm going to talk to and it's like it was like Lyle Collins, Terrence Steele. And then it was literally when I got the list, it was like holding 78, holding 71. I was like, this is awesome. Great. <laughs> They're
5: going to be but in a great mood. Going back to Lane, when you mentioned his name and asked the question, mm. immediately in my head before you even made that point, uh, I thought, well, you know, I'm just glad he's playing. Like, I'm glad he's out on the field. But then I called myself. I'm like, no, screw that. No, this is a young guy. He barely – how many years? Three has it been? This
0: is his fourth year, this is fourth this year, is fourth yeah. year already? Year, yeah. um,
5: but he's still fairly young. We have not really squeezed him out. You know, We have not gotten enough juice from him. So I'm like, no, no. He should be playing at a higher level than what he has been giving you this year. To me, he tends to become a little forgettable. This year, when I watched the Cowboys play, as opposed to previous year, where you, even the, I mean, he's been hurt here and there, but even with that, injuries, and then when he comes back, you know, oh, there's Layton. You see him. And I don't know if maybe that's the contrast against a guy like Jalen playing with him that maybe he stood out more but I don't think so. I think that that he's just not playing at the same level.
3: I actually I actually think Layton is solid this year. I don't think that Layton has been a bad player this year. I think I don't think it's obviously the year he was a, an all pro yeah. uh, but I think he's been solid. I think he's been solid on this team. I think he fills the role for them. He plays the role nicely. I think he's the second best linebacker on this team. And and I think, you know, that maybe that's not what you want in your contract year. Maybe you want a little bit more, a few more splash plays. But I think he's been solid. And and that actually may end up working for the Cowboys because if they want to keep him, I don't know if they do, if they want to keep him, it may make, make it very financially feasible to keep him if he's just a solid linebacker. I just think about all of
4: the other decisions they have to make, and that one – is further down the list than a few of them. True. I don't know,
0: though, because if he, if you don't sign them, then who, who's playing linebacker for you next year? That's, oh,
4: it's low-key. Devastating might be an exaggeration, but it's low-key a big deal that Jabril Cox got hurt because in a perfect world, you groom him as the season goes along and yeah. Leighton Vander Esch gets paid too much and you say, all right, like right, we'll sign somebody or draft somebody, but the idea is that you and Micah can be our nickel linebackers moving forward, like that is the hope, and it still could be. It's just a roadblock
0: for him that it's going to have to come yeah. after a rehab. Keanu Neal thing hasn't really developed like you thought, yeah. and so I mean, you know, if you don't sign him um, in March, or, then you get into the draft and you're and you're thinking, probably have to. Here we, here we go again. You probably. Could draft another linebacker yeah. pretty high.
3: Well, I think this too. I think that what are they going to do with J. Ron Curse? Because that also factors in a little bit. He's been down there a lot in the box. There's just a lot of questions Re-signing. with regard to yeah. But there are <laughs> there's just a lot of questions with regards to what they're doing with linebacker. And some of those big that that big safety. Yeah. And that all they all play together. It all will be a part of uh the calculation the Who's the that coordinator? I
0: mean, that's the question you have to ask
3: too. Big part of the decision. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk a little more. Cowboys versus Falcons. Uh tomorrow we'll focus in on the Cowboys offense versus the Falcons defense. Till then for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman. Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio.